umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan along with andy anderson and today we're going to talk about michigan's thrilling double overtime victory over indiana by a score of 48 to 41 well andy what'd you think about that one well, I was pretty gratified by the fact that they won. For a while, I didn't think they were ever going to come back and that they might get nicked. I was disappointed, like everybody else, in the way the defense presented. They didn't play well, I didn't think. They had trouble with a hurry-up offense. A spread offense is a hurry-up seems to be uh, get their number a little bit. And they certainly miss Ryan Glasgow. But Jake Ryan came of age, awarded six touchdowns, and uh, Chesson, Jay Chesson had four TDs and beautiful catches. Those two guys have become a strength of the team, at least against, in this case, what was perceived to be before the game a weaker defense. But they, 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 they're doing well. The wide receivers have become a strength of the team. All of them, but Darbo, Chesson, uh, who did I miss? Miss, miss, miss somebody, but uh, they've all, they've, they've all are really producing at this time. Special teams, of course, there's a blister, a 51-yard return. That, that, that's terrible. So anyway, it's a win. And it was a necessary win, and they got the two big ones coming up. Penn State and Ohio State, and we'll see how they do. Well, you know, Andy, the big thing is, you know, we really wondered what we had with Jake Ruddock at the beginning of the season. And, you know, there's been some, there's been some rough patches. But I have to say, he's turning out to be quite serviceable and definitely had one of his best games. You know, we, we questioned whether he was going to have anyone to throw to. And as you mentioned, you that has definitely come out. I think that that position has progressed. Um, you know, the defense was disappointing. We knew heading into this season that no matter how good they were, the team was going to be, for good or bad, that there was not a lot of depth. And I think that we're starting to see, you know, the loss of, you know, we've lost Monet, we've lost Glasgow now. And to a certain extent, this is not a super deep roster. And unfortunately, the good news is that, you know, we're 10 games into the season. Um, The bad news is, is that, you know, we have quite a a test ahead of us. Um, You know, if Michigan can beat Ohio State, and of course, if they can beat Penn State, um, you know, they're on track to possibly compete for conference championship. Which, you know, if you had told me, if we had said, you know, if we'd gone back to the beginning of the season, and I said, Andy, with two games left, Michigan's in the running to go to the championship championship game, I think we would have taken that and run. Exactly. That's for sure. You know, this, these, these coaches will do enough tinkering. They'll, they'll, 
jury rigged something up so the defense was going to be better. And against Penn State, there are a couple of things that are good. And one of them is that the game has been changed 12 noon on next Saturday rather than being a night game. And I think that really benefits the Blue because those night games, uh, the crowd is wild, everybody's there, and there are a lot of drunks and so forth and so on. So I think the best time to play a football game is noon. I think it's the time that Michigan is best prepared for it, and I think that'll be good for them. Well, you know, the best thing for Michigan is if it could have been switched to a home game, but I will take a noon game. I mean, you and I have gone over, you know, ad nauseum our preference for noon games. Um, and, you know, it's going to be real interesting to have that game done and in the books. And, you know, we will definitely know um, what we have heading into Ohio State game. Now, it's interesting because, you know, if Michigan loses to Penn State, Ohio State game is still is is still huge, but That's it will right. it will be interesting how this team has responded to pressure. Um, you know, again, we we really have to give the coaching staff kudos. Um, now, the scary thing is that you know I hate to play the what if game because we played the what if game all last year, actually the last two years of the Hoke regime. And unfortunately, the what-if game, we always came out on the on the tail end. But, you know, okay, woulda, shoulda, coulda beat Michigan State. Woulda, shoulda, coulda lost to Minnesota. Woulda, coulda, shoulda lost this game. I mean, you have to give it to Indiana. And, and I think that's the thing that it still uh, rubs me, is that you know, I keep thinking back to Hoke's first season where everything kind of fell together, you know, and they, they slid into that BCS Bowl and, and, and won, and everything was, was you know, honky-dory and, and unicorns and rainbows. And I look at this year, and I'm like, boy, the way... Now, the style is different, but I look at how the games are just, are just coming out for Michigan, and... You know, it amazes me that Michigan could be, again, if everything falls right, Michigan could be in a position to lose the conference championship and still go to the Rose Bowl, which, you know, boy, you know, I don't care how you get to the Rose Bowl, that would still be a really nice consolation prize after the uh, the rough ride that, that we've had the last several seasons. I mean... Um, you know, call me old school, but the Rose Bowl is still the Rose Bowl, whether there's a, a championship, a national championship on the line or not. Be good for all facets of the program. Be good for recruiting. It'd be good for enthusiasm. The whole thing it seems to be coming on. Uh, one thing that kind of bugs me is I don't know why they can't cover on special teams, and they better get that straightened out because that helped turn momentum again and help keep Indiana in the game when you, when you get non-offensive touchdowns either from the defense or from the special teams that killer, that's a lifeblood killer that's terrible so they've got to put an end to that I think Baxter probably can do it but I'm kind of wondering why they haven't well you know the tough thing is listen uh, players are going to make plays. And Indiana's return guy made some amazing plays. 
You know, mm-hmm. some amazing cuts. And, and, you know, at a certain point, you have to tip your hat. The frustrating thing to me is there were some missed tackles. There were some, there were some high tackles. There were definitely some, some opportunities where the guy might get a, a 20 or 30-yard return, which is great, but he doesn't have to go all the way. And, that's right. And, and, again, and that's the thing. I mean, injuries don't impact whether you have good form tackling or whether you have good techniques. And that's and right. that's the thing that I was, I'm was i kind of surprised by. You know, we've kind of run the gamut here. I mean, for much of the season, and I think for the most part, we have to say that special teams have really been outstanding this year, especially in comparison to previous years. But we've had some pretty serious breakdowns. And, you know, I'm watching the game, and, I, and I, it, it was the kind of game that you kept expecting Michigan to just deliver the knockout punch and just slap Indiana down. And Indiana was going to have none of it. I mean, really, it was a great game, and it's it's always right. easy to say it's a great game when you win. But it, but I mean, it really, it, you know. And and I have it to really say this. Was. I have to say this. The Michigan Michigan State game was a great game. I hate that we lost it, but again, that was another game where you know Michigan State was teetering on getting knocked out, and they kept coming back, and and really. It should have been, hey guys, nice effort, game over. But but then you had that lightning strike. So I mean, you know, I I keep thinking of the line. Are you not entertained? I mean, we may not always like the results, but this is definitely much more entertaining than the last few seasons. Well, you had a thousand yards of offense put together. Didn't look yeah, it was the over a thousand yards of offense, and offense makes for good good watching. But uh, that running game, those two guys are dinged. And I have to say that number four, uh, Mr. Smith there, made one beautiful run in that in which he dragged half the other team several yards. And I did not like the way that they mobbed him, piled on him, uh, in unison, got on him, drove him to the ground, roughed him up, and there was no flag call. I thought once, uh, when Rudolph, uh, was on the ground that I don't understand experience because the guy comes along and after the play is over and Rudolph is in the slide, the guy falls on him and there's nothing for that. So I don't understand quite how they are protecting players, and I thought in the case of Smith that something should have been called. Maybe that's all wrong, but I still think so. I'm convinced of it. Well, I'll tell you what, Andy, and to your point, there's definitely, you know, I, I don't like to rag on the officiating because usually, almost always, it, it, it hurts both teams equally. But we have seen a real, I think, a genuine concern at the level of Big Ten officiating that we've seen this year. And, you know, we go round and round on whether these officials need to be full-time or what they need to do. But if you're going to have so much riding on these games and you're going to have so many TV angles, we have we have seen where... Um, you know, it seemed like earlier in the year they they would call spearing against Michigan for you know just looking wrong at another player, mm-hmm. and then you know specifically you know you know when um, you know in the Michigan State game, 
where Bolton got, you know, booted, and it was it was absurd. And that right. in the Minnesota game, there were a couple instances where it seemed like you could call spearing. And I looked at it and I said, okay, what they've really done is they've 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 dialed back the uh, the sensitivity to a more reasonable level, okay? Because I thought it was wrong how they called it in the Michigan State game. I could live with it how they called it in the Minnesota game, although I didn't like it. But I just thought that a memo came down that they were being too touchy with it. Well, then we come back, and it, it totally seems to be that, that different crews are calling it differently. And there doesn't seem to be any uniformity. So I have not been happy with the officiating. Uh, again, you, you just got to be consistent. That's what you need. And, you know, speaking of things that kind of irked me, watching the TV broadcast, and, and it's funny because generally, generally I, I, I kind of have a thick skin. I mean, I hate watching broadcasts. You know, you and I have talked about this. I hate, in my perfect world, I watch a game with no commentary. And I just watch the game because that's how we watch the game when we're there, you know. Sure. I mean, that's really what I want to do. I have to say, did we have the, I don't even want to say the B team. I don't want to say the C team. We had the D team of announcers for that game. And I'm wondering if, um, you, you know, Coach Harbaugh suffers fools lately, you know, he, or he does not suffer fools lately. I really wonder if we're starting to see some of these second and third tier announcers um kind of being dismissed um, as they come through and talking to the team and kind of uh, trying to take their pound of flesh because it sure, it sure seemed to me that they were taking shots, veiled shots at Harbaugh throughout the game as, oh, look Not at what so they're doing. Yeah, and, and I just thought it was really surprising that, um, okay, whether you're a Michigan fan or Ohio State fan or a Michigan State fan, Jim Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the country, okay? Now, uh, okay, top-tier NFL talent, top-tier college talent. And I thought it, it was really kind of slipshod, the, the, the cracks that the, the announcers were making. And, and I don't know where that comes from because, like I said, this was not an elite crew. And, I, you know, you kind of you want to figure out what happened behind the scenes. And I just wonder if... if Harbaugh kind of, you know, we've seen him be dismissive of, dismissive of the media. Shoot, he's been dismissive of us. I mean, he's dismissive of pretty much everybody at times. And I, I wonder if, if, I just wonder if there's a story there. I wonder if, if he, if they asked the question, he smarted off or, or something because it was, they were, I thought the commentary was really dripping with, with sarcasm and, and, you know, practically unprofessional. I wondered if ESPN doesn't have an anti-Big Ten bias, and of course Michigan represents the Big Ten in a lot of things uh, uh, quite heavily. I thought the, the formalism that they displayed was kind of amazing. I, I don't mind them saying nice things about Indiana, but for them to be rooting for or appearing to root for Indiana seemed a little off base to me. Maybe that was just me, and maybe I was just irritated because it was such a close game, and you were on such pins and needles watching it. If you like close games, and uh, you, you know the outcome decided right at the last, this had it all. It had it all. That last drive to tie up 
score and go into overtime was absolutely amazing. And had a little over two minutes, and Jake got him down there. So more and more we're beginning to think everything's Jake with Jake, aren't we? You know what? It is what it is. Um, you know, I think that, um, uh, listen, we don't know how the season's going to end, okay? Worst case, worst case, we're going to a bowl game. That's not such a bad case, considering where we've been the last few seasons. So let's just say, in a, in a, in a horrible world, we lose the next three games, right? You know, considering what we came off of last year, I wouldn't be happy, but I could understand. If, if you had told me, and, and listen, Andy, I mean, what did we say before the season? I, you know, and I'll keep saying it because not that I want it to happen, but because I think it was realistic. Okay, I, th- I thought you were going to lose to Michigan State, lose to Ohio State, lose the home opener on the road. I'm sorry, lose the, lose the opener on the road, and then lose another game somewhere. I thought eight and four was was more than realistic. Was kind of spot on, and then if you lose the whole game, you're eight and five. Now, what have we seen? We've seen this team, as, as we started off with, they are in the contention to go to the Big Ten Championship game with two conference games to go. You know what? I'll take that. Now, I really want to see them go and take care of Penn State. If for nothing else, that I want that Michigan-Ohio State game to really, really genuinely have huge implications for the conference. Um, you know, some other things need to fall into place. But the reality is, is that this this season has turned out very, very well. And, you know, it, it's interesting because after that first game, I was not impressed with Ruddock. I, I, I genuinely wasn't. And, I know. And right now, I mean, again, you were, I think you were, I was ragging on him the first three or four games of the season, wondering if, if you know, sure. at what point we were going to see somebody else. Um, again, I, I don't think he's elite. I actually think he's moving a click above serviceable, and I, I don't know how. I don't know how much we click above that. But again, this game really showed me. I mean, you know, one of the interesting things is that you know Michigan was bound and determined to try to run the ball early, and Indiana was bound and determined to not let it happen. And it was interesting to see as as both defenses loosened up. I mean. I didn't think in the first quarter we were going to see 48 points from one of these teams, um, and, and you know, and again, of course, of course, overtime helps with that, but still, I don't think anybody expected a shootout in this game. I expected Michigan to hold them 14 to 21 points, something like that, score 30 themselves, and be done with them. But Indiana would have none of it. They played a great game. They were well coached. They were into it. Both sides played hard till the very end absolutely as hard as they could and uh, it was just a good display by the coaches on what they have done for those players over the time that they've been there these players mostly know what they're going to do and how to do it although that tackling in this game was certainly reprehensible in some instances uh, a defensive back uh, slipped off of the tackle 
and let that 51-yarder get to the corner, and he was gone when he got there. He could have had him. He should have had him. He would have had, you know, that thing again. But this is a well-coached team that fights from the ring of the bell to the ring of the bell. They don't quit. They keep them there. They keep trying. They got confidence. They got poise. And uh, they're just well-coached, and they've got some good players there. Jabril made another nice comp- uh, contribution, too. Maybe catch an 18-yard pass there that uh, helped him move the ball down. So, Frank, he's looking better on, on offense than he did on defense on this particular day. I think no matter what, we have a lot to be excited about heading into the off season. And I'll tell you, I am. I know we're not supposed to look back past Penn State, but man, a noon game against Penn State, a noon game against Ohio State, it's like the golden era. It's the good old days back again. <laughs> well, yeah. What Ohio State is, is uh, got an awful pilot challenge here. Uh, and depending on no, no, shape. no. You know what, Andy? You you had it right. They're just awful. Not an awful lot of talent. <laughs> They're just awful. So yeah. Well, well, we hope that that is true. Penn State presents a more conventional type of play than Indiana does. One that Michigan practices against all the time. Hackenberg is good, but his offensive line hasn't been that good this year. So we can hope that the uh, defense can rev up and we can get some kind of pass rush on Hackenberg and play them evenly. Remember that awful, what was it, a two-overtime game that we had several chances to win down there uh, in the previous regime and just turned it into a loss? when it could have been one. Well, and you know, the bigger the bigger problem with that, Andy, is that that was really the turning point of that season. And, you know, you, you, know, you don't want to say the woulda, coulda, shoulda, but that was really the, that whole season hinged on that game. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, that was the game that they really took it out of Gardner's hands and, you know, said, oh, it was because he was hurt, oh, this, that, and the other. I'm like, dude, Win the game, go home, and and again, it was another game that Michigan had the chance to to really put the horse out of its misery and and just let them. Penn State kept coming back and kept coming back, and you know it's interesting because I look back at games where I kind of gave up on coaches, and I hate that we were saying that about Michigan, but I'll tell you, twice against Penn State. Um, I remember the game, um, Rich Rods last season, where we went down there, had two weeks to prepare for a basically, practically a walk-on quarterback. We have Denard, they had somebody, and our lack of defensive prowess made the guy look like an All-American. And that was really, that was really the game where I kind of said, okay, enough. I mean, just just disgusted watching it. And I had a similar feeling watching that game in the Hoke era where, again, Michigan really, really coulda, shoulda, woulda. And 
you win that game, you, you keep the momentum going, who knows how that season ends, and that's really when uh, the wheels started to fall off. So um, it'll be interesting because, again, you know, I, I said this, I mean, I kind of, I still kind of feel that this is everything going right for Harbaugh in his first season. We have everything to believe, we have every reason to believe that it will keep going right. I mean, we see the recruits piling up. But I, I still, you know, I really want to see us go on the road and, and beat Penn State. And, you know, really, beat, you know, uh, I want to believe beat Ohio State. I want to believe, but, but that's, I want to see it. I'm excited about it. I, I feel good. I feel really good about our prospects. Well, everybody does. But Ohio State has a way of killing that feeling this year. How long has it been since they uh, lost a conference ball game? Well, Urban Meyer is undefeated during conference play. That's what I thought. They're right, aren't they? Yep, and you know the thing. Right. And you know the thing about that is it's really amazing. I mean, you got to give the devil his due. Um, that's really, really, really impressive. I hate it. I hate it. But boy, is it impressive. Um, yeah, you got to recognize it though, because it is there, and he's done a hell of a good job. That's all there is to it. You can't put it any other way. I wouldn't want him, but I like the approach we got better than I like him. But Meyer, he's been a winner. We'll see if we can stop it. But first, we got to stop Penn State. And uh, that'll be a Donnie Brook. It always is. It probably will be close again. And let's hope that we take uh, some tackling with us and that the defense gets straightened out. I think that any team, as many games and close games Michigan has played, you know, in a row, you're going to be down for some games. And it looked to me like that defense just wasn't as enthusiastic as it has been in the past games that I have observed. So they'll have them up again. They'll be ready for Penn State. It's a more conventional type of competition than Indiana and that they're not hurry up, they're not spread. And uh, we'll have to go down there and see if they can deal with it again face the adversity that they're certainly going to face there and overcome it again. But Saturday was a heck of a job, wasn't it? Yep, and you know, it's one of those games you sit back and watch and enjoy the show. And uh, (laughs) definitely much more than in the past season. Well, my cardiologist is telling me that they should win better to keep the health of the fans. Uh, a little better. That's pretty strenuous, that last game. I can't disagree. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.